0: This is a shock podcast. Shock.
1: Hello everyone, this is Jed. Hey everyone, this is Jonathan, and you are listening to our podcast from Grit to Grade. Yay!
0: Episode 5, yeah. Episode 5, yes. By the way, to all our listeners, uh, at the last minute I said, Jed, maybe you're supposed to be the one who should start and kick off the podcast. So if you were observant, Jed was the one who said hi first.
1: <laughs> for a change, it all different and yeah,
0: for a change. <laughs> for a change, yeah. for a small change. Jed, it's been three to four months since we've been enjoying a quote-unquote normal life. Yeah and in, in the Philippines we started hanging out more outside since uh, the end of February. Mm -hmm. And it's already the end of April. We're still still wearing our masks on. But it's been three months now and I am so used to this that I don't know how this is going to go back again to a lockdown situation. I hope it doesn't. The one thing I'd like to share as an update in my life is I have been getting a lot of face-to-face engagements these days, which I'm so happy. I finally have the stage. I finally have that problem of my clicker not working because I have some clients who didn't put batteries inside the clicker. Those small things, I missed them for two years. The audiences, the free coffee, I hope that it just keeps on getting better. How about you? What's new in your life?
1: Well, i just gotten back to playing sports. So, I have been playing tennis for a while now and Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic that was obviously put to a halt. And it's been probably like three, four years since I have not really played tennis. And it's been quite nice, you know, to be Mm -hmm. getting back on the court and also going back to the gym, you know, I thought that, and I wonder whether gyms are going to go back in business after the pandemic with with the rise of all these companies like Peloton in the US where, and, and people are buying their own home gym equipment. I thought that gyms are not going to open again. And and that will change the course of fitness globally. But for some reason, people are going back to the gyms more often now. So yeah, I mean, I've, I'm already dumping my home gym equipment, unfortunately. So it's nice to be heading back into the gym, you know, that the, the usual ritual of taking a shower after a gym. I, that feels so nice and refreshing once a mm.
0: One thing I've also noticed is that the offices are now, they seem to be in full swing. Traffic is finally back again, at least in Manila. Uh, it, but it's not that good, you know? It's almost. not that good for us. I've noticed, so I live in a district where it's a commercial district. All the fast foods in all the restaurants are jam-packed again with people, which means that the office workers have gone back to the office as well. And I think this is a good thing because I do hope that employment will also take its, you know, will rise again given that a lot of people have lost their jobs during the pandemic. Judd, I want to use that segue since people are starting to go back to their jobs. Mm-hmm. Companies are starting hiring again. Yeah. And whether it's as a freelancer, whether it's a full-time employment. So I want to equip our folks because lately, a lot of people have been asking me so many questions again about job hunting. Like, John, what do I do if this is my issue with my current employer? Can I apply for a new job if X, Y, and Z? What do I write in my resume, for example? So I figured for this episode, I want to raise eight myths or facts that we can talk about and clarify for our viewers to understand so that they can proceed with their employment with confidence. Let's proceed with the first one. So here's Jed, and I think you should answer this. So I'm going to ask true or false. Let me know your thoughts. True or false, you need your boss's approval for your resignation.
1: My, My very quick answer for this is it depends. So it's both true or false. When you are resigning, you don't want to be burning bridges to your boss if you love the boss, if you feel that the boss will help you in future plans, in future prospects.
0: Especially if the industry is very small and these people talk to each other, even if they're from different companies. I agree. That's
1: right. That's right. So you wish... Wish to speak to your boss and and put it out. You know the reasons why you're actually moving, why you're why you want to go into greener pastures, and he would definitely understand. He or she would definitely understand that. But if it's a boss that you felt like you've been toxified and you really do not wish to you know, speak to that boss any longer, any further, then it's not necessary to get the it's approval with, of your boss.
0: Here's where I'm trying to, here's the reason why I raise this. A lot of people are asking me, John, I'm afraid that if I tender my resignation letter, my boss is not going to approve it. And therefore, I will be forever doomed to be trapped in my company. In its most technical sense, you do not need your boss's approval. They don't have a decision. They, they cannot make a decision to stop you from doing so. In fact, that's going to be illegal. They're going to be criminally liable for that. When you say that you have to tender your resignation, it's a take it situation from any employer. So meaning when you tender your resignation letter, you're not asking permission. It's an FYI, not an FYA or for your for your approval. So if you need to resign, and in fact, in some in some companies, you don't even need to tender a resignation letter to document it. You can either fill up a form or you tell it also to your manager or to HR. I remember when I was in Air Asia and I clearly remember this. I don't think I actually tendered a resignation letter. I just said it to my boss. I, I remember I sent a WhatsApp because my relationship with Tony Fernandez during that time was I also have some dotted lines with some of his direct reports. So I'm reporting to him, but I'm also reporting to some of the people who report to him because I have some multiple projects with him. Mm -hmm. So I remember I had a heart-to-heart talk with my manager that time, and then I just WhatsApp Tony about it. (laughs) (laughs) But we did have a talk before I left. But my point is, this is false. You don't need your boss's approval. It's an FYI. If you need to leave because of mental issues because it's not making you happy, because you think that there's something unethical or wrong, or because you don't believe in the mission of the company, you can quit anytime. Now, there's going to be a condition here, ladies and gentlemen. So when you're in most employment contracts, you have to tell them 30 or 60 days for notification that this is going to be your last day. And check your contracts because it's usually stated there. This is generally exercised in many countries. Number two condition is, Jed, I'm sure you're familiar with the clearance process, right? Mm -hmm. In the clearance process, you may have resigned, but you may not be able to get your last paycheck because you owe the company certain items, such as you have to make sure you give your laptop to them. You have to bring back your car to them. Or You have a project where you did not turn over properly the documents to the person replacing you. So, for that reason, you're not cleared. So, you may have resigned, but you're not cleared. You may have left the company, but they're not going to give to you your last salary, or they're not going to give you a recommendation if ever your next company is going to ask for it. Why don't you take the second one, Jed? Sure. Another true or false. So,
1: let me ask you this one. True or false? Is it illegal for companies to ask for your personal relationship? information such as your marriage status or plans to have a family in the
0: future. When this is this is when you're being asked in job interviews, right? Yeah. This question I would say it will depend based on the country's regulations. So to give an example in the Philippines, there are anti-discrimination laws that protect the employees That if you are deciding your decision to hire them because they want to be pregnant in the future, then you are discriminating them. In the United States, for example, it's also illegal to ask questions. Um, Any questions that probe that this person has plans to have a baby in the future, that's also one of them. Because that means just because they're going to get pregnant does not mean that they're going to be less performing in their job because it's their right. It's a maternal right for someone if they choose to become a mother. Check your labor loss. I'm not quite sure how is it in other Southeast Asian countries, but check your labor loss if that's the case. What's sure, your take on this, Jed, by the way? Uh, yeah, if someone I, I, asks I was you just
1: about to share. I mean, it, it's, it's just tricky for me, really. Of, of course, everyone has the right to have their own family. Mm-hmm. But in a, an employer's point of view, I think it's it's more of being able to really plan out in terms of who would be able to replace or at least take over the, the, the certain tasks and responsibilities of the person who will actually go on along
0: I'm gonna argue I'm gonna argue on that if that's the case then don't burden it on the employee burden it on the employer because that means if you're willing to take on women in your company then you're supposed to have a structure in place that if ever someone takes a maternity leave there should be a system that allows people to take over their jobs
1: right right that that's right? very true that's very true
0: cuz i i mean you're not going to fault people because they're women because that's how human society evolves and that's how we progress you can't fault and say it's not my fault if you're a woman yeah. if 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 i were to give a tip especially for hr recruiters i can totally understand if there's an unconscious bias but you have to be careful with your choice of words when you ask these questions i've known situations in the united states and there have been anecdotes about this wherein some candidates would secretly record the job interview and there are a recruiters who get caught asking these questions and they get to be used in some court proceedings that in the end, make them lose a lawsuit filed by the candidate. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Be careful about that part. Yeah. Go to the third one. I'll take this. Yep. So Jed, agree or disagree? If in case you have years when you were unemployed, you should be hiding those gap years in your resume so that it doesn't reflect a bad reputation when it's seen by the recruiter. Um, agree or disagree?
1: Again, this is tricky. J- you just have to be honest, really, that what, whatever your experience, uh, working experience is, just say it really on your resume.
0: Um, I agree. And it's not like you're, you you will be able to hide it, right? Exactly. I mean, if there are four years or two years missing, someone will mathematically do something about that.
1: And, and, and let me say this. When you are doing your interview, to be honest, it, it doesn't really matter for how long you have worked. Sometimes during the interview, you would already have that gut feel that this person is no matter how long he or she has worked, you would see the confidence, you would see the drive, you know, you would feel how committed this person is. But then again, you know, interviews are just interviews. When the, the person is already working, then you could only be able to judge really how effective, productive the person is. So yeah but to me those gap years should not be hidden you should say the reason why there were gaps in the years maybe you were taking care of an ill you know relative or you could be taking some time
0: off, pursuing some other hobbies. I totally agree with you. I don't think you should be hiding it. In fact, you can leverage on it to talk about something, to talk about a personal dimension about you. Yeah. That that will can be to your advantage. Those captures could probably be another
1: texture to your personality, you know, you, mm-hmm. you've been spending that time doing creative arts and traveling. Yeah, exactly. Travelling, yeah. There's no need to hide, really. Next question, your turn. Right. Is it illegal to take two or more jobs at the
0: same time? Mm. In its cleanest sense, in a vacuum, this is false. You are allowed to take two or more jobs, or even three or four, as much as you can, as long as your employment contract allows you to do so, or as long as this is not explicitly barred for the employee. So, again, I'm going to go back to the classic recommendation here. When you take on your employment, check the contract. These days, most employers don't care anymore. Have you noticed, Jed? Have you noticed that, Jed? Most employers don't care anymore if you're taking on a freelance job or a side hustle because we all know that sometimes it can even benefit the employee's Mm -hmm. engagement level. But check if it does not allow you to do so. Because if it doesn't allow you and you've been caught working for another organization, and sometimes I know some people who they've been working with a, another competitor of the same company, it can be a reason for a breach of contract. And that can be a legal issue waiting for you to happen. When you were employed, Jed, before in the corporate no, world. No, I
1: mean, no, definitely
0: not. Because um, my
1: previous employee, uh, employers were big corporate firms And it's really stipulated on the contract that you're not supposed to take another job other than this job that you're, mm. you have in the company, um, but I do know that many architectural firms in the Philippines actually allow taking other jobs outside of their real job. And as long as it's not architectural job, no, or... it is. It is an architectural oh, okay. job. So it's more of a freelance job that they're actually taking mm. on personally. So maybe it's a it's a house of of a, a relative. Uh, you know, a house of their friend. So that is possible, and in fact, their managers and bosses are supporting this because it just gives them more drive, perhaps, and um, it plays out their their creativity in, in another dimension, other than
0: yeah. it's in the company. I agree. Sometimes the second or third job stimulates yeah. the skills of the person, and it's added income, which improves. The so, happiness, the mental wellness yes, of the employee as well.
1: I was just about to say this because, you know, architects in the Philippines are not really paid well. So the reason why they allow this is because they do understand that people really need some additional income.
0: You know, I'm, I'm going to share something I'm going to laugh at. So when I won Apprentice Asia, I worked for Air Asia. I didn't know this until someone called me out because there was a time wherein I... You know that we, we can do anything that we want, right? During lunchtime. Do you agree? you can do anything you want during lunchtime as long yeah. as it doesn't stop. So there was a moment where I went out for lunch, but instead of eating for lunch, I did a motivational talk for another company, which I felt like, you know, there's no issue with that because I'm doing it during my lunch period. But problem is that talk exceeded beyond lunchtime. So there was a moment wherein it was 1.30 p.m. or 2 o'clock and I was still speaking and I was I still wasn't back in my desk. One of the audience members was a relative of one of my bosses. Who, was, who I was reporting to back then. And Sorry, I'm coughing right now. And he sent a photo and said, hey, Jonathan is here. And he was actually, no, he, was, he wasn't actually mad. He was like, this guy speaks so well. He's so good, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously, it didn't work out well for me because my boss discovered that I wasn't working because I was using my working hours during that time. I apologized, of course, for doing that. I was 28 years old. This was like almost 10 years ago. And I'm not proud of it. And of course, I learned a lot from it. But that was also the time when my boss told me, you have to understand, Jonathan, that in your contract, you are not allowed to engage in anything that eats up your current working time for this company. And that's o- that's the only time that I checked my contract. And there was a stipulation that says the employee cannot engage in other activities during working hours other than the job that they have. Next. okay, yeah, So Jed, agree or disagree, you shouldn't be asking questions to the interviewer during your job interview or else... You'll sound assertive or aggressive. You should be asking questions to the interviewer. Same. Agreeing. Of course,
1: of course. And, and in fact, many employers would be asking you, do you have any questions at the end of the uh, interview? So it's it's a it, two-way street, you know? It, this is a matchmaking process. So.
0: I agree. I was going to say that. like, I'm so surprised that a lot of people think that they're at the mercy of the employer just because they're desperate for a job. Yeah. And I love your choice of so far. It's a matchmaking experience. You're there not just to get hired. You're there to discover if this is even the right company for you. So ask questions. Ask questions like, one of my favorite questions is, I would ask the HR recruiter, so tell me, how long have you been in the company? And I ask it in a very casual tone. But really, my intention is, how have you been in the company? And what makes you proud about the company? Because you will really see how they answer the question. If they're really engaged employees, they will say it with so much pride. But someone who's just doing it for the sake of having a job, will answer it with no gusto, with no enthusiasm at all. And I get the hint from that part.
1: As an employer, you wish for somebody in your company to be proactive, to be somebody who will be able to take choices and be willing to, and be very responsible on taking a decision based on the choices that they make. Mm-hmm. And this is very telling. If the person that you're interviewing doesn't really ask question that is a a reflection of what they would be in the company and as an employer you don't want that really so yeah it doesn't really sound aggressive to to employers let me tell you that it would not sound aggressive when you ask questions in fact as an employer i wish that all the interviewees will be asking questions many questions as many as they can
0: agree yeah agree agree Okay,
1: okay um your turn Yes. So true or false, what do you think? In some companies, your chance of being invited for a job interview is determined by a software.
0: This is sad, but it is true. It is true for big companies, right? Yeah, big and medium companies who can afford to buy software, artificial intelligence software. And this is the sad part because I don't believe that... So background first. So there are software for recruiters that they can use wherein it automatically scans the resume submitted by a candidate and it will only filter those resumes that contain certain keywords. So for example, keywords like hit the target, keywords like uh, took up leadership position. So they use keywords because if those keywords are in the resume, it says something about the vocabulary of the person and what they have accomplished in the company, which I think is wrong And by the way, there are YouTube videos about this. There are YouTube videos wherein the tutorial is about what words are you supposed to be placing in your resume because they are the words that are being looked for by the software. I think this takes out the humanity because this will not determine if a person is competent and is eligible to be interviewed later on. So I do think that for lazy recruiters out there, and I get it, you receive hundreds of resumes. Mm, I think you should still take the time to check them out. It's not just about the choice of words. It's also about, how do you call this, the experience. It's also about how the person crafted. Like I hate it when a resume is just all about job descriptions rather than achievement of the person. Job descriptions can be cut and paste achievements tell me why i should consider you for a job interview jed use a software when you hire people in your no i I, I don't i mean
1: we're a very small company so i don't do this i really read through the resumes of candidates no keywords no special words it needs to pop out it's it's it is what it is. You know, if you see the portfolio is very impressive, then...
0: You know, if, I, if, if, if there's anything that I would make me not want to read any further is, for example, like resumes with font type that are just not professional at all because that says something already about you. Like someone who uses Comic Sense or a scripted font for your resume, I would automatically <laughs> take you out for my... Yeah. I, I know that it's not about the looks, but... In which universe are you going to use this font when you know that this is not the best professional image that you can project? Because first impressions last. I would definitely get turned off if you send me a five-page or a 10-page resume. Unless you're applying for a scientific role like a researcher for... The genetic, DNA, whatever, and you need to show to me all your past research, which eats up a lot of spaces in a page, then fine. But if it's for a job, I don't think that even if you're applying for a C-suite position that you need a 5 or 10-page resume okay
1: okay your turn
0: (laughs) we said okay at the same time um jed unfortunately this is the last oh is it Uh, true or false i think i said this is related already to what i said a while ago so true or false the ideal number of pages for your resume should be one to two pages In my Uh, opinion, it is true. And I
1: think in many offices and companies as well, they would wish that the resume would just be pared down to just two pages at the most, only because you would wish to condense your achievements, your credentials into those two pages, because recruiters and HR people don't have the oceans of time to really look through six, seven pages of your life. Also, you know, in my case, because I do architecture work as well, not only do we have to look into the resume, we also have to look. With the portfolio which is the mm. what what the candidates have done in their past uh projects their experiences how good they can do rendering on perspectives so there's so many things that you that, that, as a recruiter would be looking at and you don't want to waste their time you just want things to be condensed just the uh the, the most important elements of who you are what you have done and what you are willing to do would be good enough
0: yeah so I, I believe in this philosophy. People would often think, but I have to place it because they might miss it out. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you place everything, don't you even consider the idea that they might miss out everything? Because when you jam pack everything, they might not even know where to focus on and they you become a forgettable candidate versus someone who highlighted two or three things. So you can be easily branded as this person who did X and you stand out from the rest of the crowd. Brevity is the soul of the wit. So yeah, so guys, keep it short one to two keep it to the elements that you need I would recommend for example if you have work experience such as company one company two and company three and you need to explain the job description or the achievement keep it to two to three bullets so there I'll see you in the next episode yep and to all our listeners please keep them coming if you have any questions about your job hunting for your resumes I will take the time but please keep it short and concise see you guys bye bye yeah.